throughout this world that we would be proclaimers of the truth, that we would stand up uh, with wisdom, with discretion, uh, with understanding, and proclaim the infinite truth of your majesty, your love, your grace. Um, Lord, help us to be faithful in our service uh, to you by serving others and and living out um, our faith daily. We ask, Lord, that you would be with um, those who are struggling this morning, um, those who, who have uh, people they're caring for who are still sick, those who are recovering from injuries. Um, we thank specifically, Lord, of Vivian Ross. We ask for healing for her shoulder. We ask healing for Mildred, um, that she would get the energy that she needs um, for Sarah's grandma, Daisy. Um, uh, protection from the negative aspects that, that COVID could bring uh, and healing for her. We ask, Lord, that you would be with Sherry Peterson. We thank you for the good news we had a few weeks ago. Even though, Lord, she's still struggling with balance and energy, we ask for healing uh, and continued good reports uh, about the cancer that she has. Please be with Sarah. Bates um, and the baby. Pray that the baby would heal and be a healthy baby when delivered, that you would guide Matt and Sarah and the kids, uh, give them wisdom. We pray for for all this transition back here uh, for the birth of the child and then back to the UK, Lord. We pray that this will strengthen their ministry. Lord, as we think about all the missionaries throughout the world, we ask that you would give them wisdom to know how to reach the lost. And Lord, we ask that you would be with Samantha. Uh, We pray that, pardon me, doctor, will will have wisdom in the surgery and that she wouldn't have much pain and she would heal quickly, Lord. Um, We do ask for moisture. And Lord, as uh, we see a big transition this week in our government, um, that you would protect our National Guardsmen, uh, that you would give uh, all people on all sides wisdom and patience, uh, Lord, that uh, you would protect our our men and women who not only serve in the National Guard, but in the military and in the police force, uh, and help them, uh, Lord, to, to, knew, to know what to say and do if any sticky situations arise. And we ask, Lord, that that this nation as a whole, uh, from the grassroots up, would turn to you. That many hearts would, during this pandemic throughout the, even out throughout the world, not just the United States, Lord, we ask that many would turn to you, Lord Jesus, the Savior of our souls, um, the one who will make all things right, the one who... You, Lord Jesus, who never leave us or forsake us. You who, who will um, continue to, to work through all things for the good of those who know you as their Savior. And Lord, we just thank you for the precious truth of your word. Help us not to take it for granted that we would be people of your word uh, proclaiming the gospel. We ask for direction this week, even as as we think about what's, what may take place or what is taking place, and that um, your people uh, 
would just boldly live for you daily, regardless of what's going on around them. We thank you for your word again, Lord. Pray that you'd guide us as we study it and guide us as we, we sing these praises to you to understand what we're saying, that it would truly be a heartfelt desire and, and that these would be our thoughts that we're singing back to you, our praise that's coming to you, Lord. Please guide and direct us now as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, if we could all stand up again. Uh, next, we're going to be singing M59, Blessed Be the Name. Next, we will move to uh, Be Thou My Vision and M400.
may be seated. Now we have a special, right? Okay. It's just the two of us today. <laughs> we couldn't get it together for all eight of us. So um, first, because I keep forgetting, Jordan and Liz and us sent um, treat bags to Dawn and Sunbeam and Tom and Verna and Ed and Virginia after our program and Todd. Um, and so Don and Sunbeam just sent a little thank you card. Um, so I'll just read it quick, I guess. Dear Laron and church family, how special for us to receive some treats like those handed out after the Christmas church program. As we opened the box, they were mailed to us and we couldn't help but think of all the years we got treats after the Christmas program. We have many good memories from over the years at, at the Tallinn church. There's no church family like, to, like the Tallinn church family. Everyone is so special to us. So thank you, thank you for sending us the treats with love and prayers, Don and Sunbeam. So just a little, little something. Um, so um, we're just going to sing, I guess. I could quit talking. Okay. We. <laughs> but you don't have it's to. Not easy for me. Um, yesterday, we. I, I like to joke that I got a job at the vet clinic so that I could see him. And yesterday there wasn't much going on, so we got to hang out together. Um, we leave the kids at home so that they can clean the house, and um, we get to work together. So I don't know which one of us started singing first, but it's just a nice time to sing and goof off. Are you going to read? Oh, it was, but you said we were singing, so I was confused. <laughs> first, I'm going to read <laughs> Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on the rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you plan for us, no one can recount to you. Where, to, where Were I to speak and to tell of them, they would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but my ears you have pierced. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, Here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim righteousness in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips. As you know, O Lord... I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and salvation. I do not conceal your love and your truth from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, O Lord. May your love and your truth always protect me. For troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails within me. Be pleased, O Lord, to save me. O Lord, come quickly to help me. May all who Seek to take my life, be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire to ruin, whose desire to ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, ah, ah, be appalled at their own shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation always say, the Lord be exalted. Yet I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help and my deliverer. Oh my God, do not delay. 
share songbooks. No. Ready? <coughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. All my heart to him I give, ever to him I'll cling. In his blessed presence live, ever his praises sing. Love so mighty and so true merits my soul's best songs. Faithful, loving service to, to him belongs. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Souls in danger, look above, Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by his love out of the angry waves. He's the master of the sea, billows his will obey. He, your Savior, wants to be, be saved today. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Well, I didn't think I'd have a, a children's message, but I do. So kids, if you want to come up here, I have something to show you. And we're going to go to Philippians, Philippians chapter 3, 12 through 14. Philippians chapter 3, 12 through 14, okay? So first I'll just do the little illustration that the Lord provided because I forgot I had something in my vest pocket. And like, I'm trying to think, well, I don't have anything to share this morning. The, the thing I was going to share, it kind of just never transpired. Will you let me help him up or not? Yeah, all right. So anyway, in my vest pocket, I had placed this here. Laney, can you... Can you read, um, well, I don't know where you read it. It doesn't say savings bond, but it says, it says that right here. What's that? $50. $50. So I have a, this, this is a savings bond that you can get from the government, and it's supposed to, after, what, 20, 25 years, I'm not sure, become mature. 
And so you pay, you give them so much money and then you get back a lot more money because you let them have your money for so long. And it's called, it's kind of, that it came to maturity. This is, my grandpa bought for me about 20, 25 years ago, back in January 5th, 1998. My grandpa's been gone for quite a few years now. But you see that? Isn't that cool? But it's come to maturity. Now, what do you think when you think of maturity, kids? Anybody? Older and more responsible, Brooke? Did you have something? More grown up? Maybe taller? How many of you want to be taller? Yeah? I remember wanting to be able to reach the sink so I didn't have to step up on something. I, that's one memory. I don't have too many memories because they, they seem to leave me. How many of you can reach the sink by yourself? Yeah? How many want to? And you think about being mature, being able to, to get up there and do things yourself, right? Now, for all of us, even all these adults out here, they're still maturing in the Lord. So let's read this passage and see if we can relate it to what I just was saying, okay? Philippians 3, 12. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What does growth mean? Or what, okay, let me back up. What did you kids learn from that passage? Is there any words that popped out? He's still growing, right? Growing in the Lord. Go to verse 14, Corbin. What's those first four words? I press on toward, right? It takes work. Now, you kids are growing naturally. You get to grow, but what do you do in school? School? Do you do... Yeah. Is it work? It can be work, right? So Paul's saying, Paul says, hey, I've achieved all this stuff in this chapter, but yet I press on towards the goal. And kids, I just want to encourage you in this coming year, right? We're still in January. Before we know it, it'll be January again next year and Christmas, right? You ready for Christmas? Wait a minute. We've got a long time. Okay, so how do we press on toward? Anybody know? How would Paul encourage you to press on toward? You know? I think I'm losing them. <laughs> hey, so what are some things we could do to grow in Jesus? What is important for us to do, kids? Read the Bible and pray. And how many of you take time to do that by yourselves? Good. I hope we all work on that, okay? 
And so hopefully your parents are working with you and hopefully you're doing the same. Let's pray. <laughs> Lord, I just thank you for these kids and I pray that you would watch over and strengthen them and that they would see the value of walking with you daily and understanding, understand what that means, that they'd have the ability to do that. And Lord, that the parents would be able to help guide them in, in their relationship with you, Lord. Thank you for them. Ask that you bless them. Thank you for their giggles. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. You can be dismissed. Back to your seats. All right. And it's good just to have them up here so we can look at their pretty little faces, isn't it? And hear their, their giggles. Uh, we're going to go to Matthew now. We're going to go back to Matthew. In one Sunday school class, we're spending time in Luke, kind of a similar passage right before the, the Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitudes. And with kids, part of what I was thinking this week is that there's a lot of us that have really studied the Word of God, have really grown in the Word of God, who some of us... You know, like different aspects of, of the teaching of the Word of God, of doctrine, of theology. I think here at this church, most of us, if not all, love to look at the end times. And I'm reminded that some of us, you know, even though I may have studied this over and over and over and over again, uh, there's a lot of people that may not have grasped that or even studied it. And as we think of our kids, are we still, you know, even though we're very familiar with different aspects of what the Word of God teaches, teaches us, as a pastor, I've got to remember, and as a parent, have we gone through this with our kids? Are they growing in the knowledge of the Word of God? And, and, and just to bring it back, you know, as things are going on, I remember when I was a kid uh, listening, you know, with the turmoil in the Middle East and with things going on with Israel Hearing, well, you know, we're drawn near uh, to the time when, when the, the rapture could have happened. It's, you know, getting closer. We see all these markers. We, all, we see all these indications, even Israel coming back into the land. And, and as I woke up uh, one of these mornings, I was thinking about, you know, it'd be good. I'm still praying about going through a passage about all the indications that should help us to be excited about the days that we live in and what what points to the return of Christ? I think there's a lot of things we look at and we say, oh, that's pointing us to the return of Christ. But really, a lot of these have continued uh, when we think times have been really good. A lot of these things have continued to progress, right? And so what are, you know, I was thinking, what are some of these indicators? Do we know what those are in the Word of God? You know, for instance... We know in the tribulation there will be the, the temple. Uh, Jews will be in the land. Israelites will be in the land. We know that they'll be practicing uh, temple sacrifices, it looks like. Uh, we know that, for one, they would be in the land. At one point in time, there was no Israel. That's huge, right? Uh, we see in Scripture that uh, there's certain things that will take place, uh, a more global or one world currency or one world government, uh, a, a push, and, and we can maybe say there's a push 
for everybody to have to align in certain ways because of certain things that have taken place that you can't do business or you can't do this or that unless you do what the collective uh, leaders of the world want you to do. And we could see that that could become possible as you look at the mark of the beast and which really points to the indication that they have to to step in line to be able to do what they want to do in trade and and receiving foods and goods and services. Um, But that's during the tribulation. But you could say, well, all this could happen. (laughs) The mindset of the world is 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 such... People have such a mindset that all this could happen. So what, what are all these, these pointing to? Well, what they point to, and really what prophecy should, should encourage, it should encourage a, a heart that is willing to serve the Lord day after day, regardless of what's taking place. It should warn us, but in, just simply it should encourage us, no matter what's taking place. It should point us back to how crucial it is to have an intimate relationship with Jesus, right? To truly know what the Word of God says. And just as prophecy uh, should cause us to turn to the Lord and cling to Him, so should current events. And if we take time to look at the projected uh, things, you know, we could say, well, the Lord could come at any moment. And that's what we've been saying all along or what the Word says. But, you know, as also this morning, I woke up real early, so hopefully my notes aren't too garbled because I went back through and changed them, you know, before sunlight. I was thinking how nice it is to have that sun up, (laughs) the sunrise. How nice is it to have the sun come up earlier? So I was looking at my phone to see the projected sunrise and sunset times, right? We're still in that, that mode of it's pretty dark. Praise the Lord for our flashlights and equipment that have man-made lights on them, right? You don't have to go out there and stumble around in the dark, or do you? For chores. But anyway, looking at my, my uh, phone, it looks like we're going to gain about... From today to the 31st of the month, we should have nine more minutes in the morning and 17 more minutes in the evening of sunlight. I didn't hear any clapping. But we're, hey, we're, it's getting better. We're on the up, uphill uh, road here. You know, therefore, several weeks after uh, the 18th or 19th of December, it's like it's all dark and there's no change and we're never going to see more sunlight. In our lives, at times, we kind of have that mentality, don't we? Bring it in all together, right? Hopefully I can bring this all together. A lot of us may have negative attitudes because of COVID for this past year. A lot of us may have negative attitudes because of the current events or negative attitudes because of what we're going through personally. But we can look at the dawning light that Christ is coming. And at his first advent, his first coming, they should have seen him for who he was. And so as we, I was looking at this passage in, in Matthew chapter 4, a lot of the, of 
of 4, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, is a powerful message in, in this passage. I think I've preached on it several times, not wanting to skip over a very important passage, but wanting to preach on passages that I haven't necessarily gone over, or maybe I have. Uh, we're going to skip over the temptation in the 40 days of, of fasting of Jesus in the wilderness and go to verse 12. And as we come to verse 12, we find in uh, or chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, we find the fulfillment of prophecy. And in verse 16, it says, the people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light. And those who were sitting in the land in shadow of death upon them, a light dawned. The dawning light of Christ. We would have loved to have been there and seen Christ walk and teach and heal, but we're going to see Jesus someday. He is coming. And so the challenge for us now is that we would indeed draw near to the light of life, that is Jesus Christ. Let us all be drawn to the dawning light of life. Jesus is the light. And as it dawned, as, as his ministry begins here, now as he comes, after he'd been baptized, after he's in the wilderness, after he's been tempted, he comes back, and the very first thing here in chapter, tw- chapter 4, verse 12, now when Jesus heard that John had been taken into custody, he withdrew into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and settled in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. I just read this passage. Verse 17, from that time Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so when we come to this passage, um, first we find that Jesus gave the message of life in verses 12 through 17. Really, he gave life. But he came and he fulfilled prophecy. And in that way, he was proclaiming the message uh, of life and that he fulfilled prophecy. You'll remember if you go through many of the synoptic, his synoptic gospels as well as the gospel of John that Jesus stands up in the synagogues and he proclaims, today this has been fulfilled. This prophecy has been fulfilled. And in fulfilling prophecies, proclaiming that life has, has dawned. Turn to me. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so, and yet, his ministry, ministry began with difficulty, didn't it? You look at this passage and you see, well, John the Baptist was a great proclaimer and was to prepare the way for the Messiah, and yet when Jesus' ministry starts, he is thrown in prison. Wouldn't that be discouraging? And so Jesus withdrew into Galilee, Capernaum, fulfilling prophecy. Uh, Isaiah 9, 1 and 2. And oftentimes we look at that passage during Christmas time, but remember it's also used here at the beginning of his ministry where we're seeing that Jesus is proclaiming the truth that he is the Messiah. And as the Messiah, 
He is the one that brings the kingdom of heaven. He is the reason why the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He is the reason why they need to repent. They need to turn to him. They need to have a heart, right heart attitude. But in verse 17, we see that he was proclaiming the message like John. But he is the answer. John pointed to Jesus. Jesus points to the reality of his fulfillment of prophecy and that they need to turn to him, turn from sin to him, turn from self to him. In our day today, we still need to constantly turn our attention to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is life. Would you bear with me as I go to a passage I often probably preach on, a passage, uh, keep your finger there in Matthew, but turn to John, the Gospel of John. We can't, I can't refer to the reality of Jesus being light and the light of life unless I go to the Gospel of John chapter 1 where it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God this is speaking about Jesus Jesus is the word he that is Jesus was in the beginning with God and all all things came into being through him and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being that is Jesus is God co-eternal with co-equal and co-eternal with the father in him was life and the life was the light of men. Do you see how that goes along with these earlier verses here, referring back to Isaiah 9, 1 and 2? Jesus is life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now this word is from the same Greek word. The translations try to grasp this Greek word by translating it into several different ways, which I thought I had marked down in my notes. Oh yes, here they are. Comprehend or overcome or they could not master or even extinguish it. So, and as you go down through this passage, you'll see that all those, there, there's truth in all of those because it goes on to say, the light shines in the darkness, darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light which coming into world enlightens every man. He was in the world and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. So they did not comprehend him. And as we go through Scripture, they rejected him, and many tried to stop him, and they killed. Eventually, as you go through all the Gospels, there's belief, unbelief, true belief, and violent unbelief where they killed or tried to extinguish the Lord Jesus Christ. But Jesus is life. Jesus is the one that guides us to real life. He is life. John 14, 6. And verse 12, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. 
and the Word became flesh. So those who, of us who have turned to Jesus Christ by faith, we were born into His family, we were given eternal life in Him. So verses 12 through 14, those who believe have life. I think it's pretty easy in our, our time, in our day and age, to forget about the simplicity of the gospel and not cling to Christ, but to cling to things that we think we understand. So I want to challenge you as, as we go through the year, continue to cling to the Lord Jesus Christ, continue to grow in Him and mature in Him, mature in your relationship with Him, draw near to to the light of life, draw near to the Lord Jesus Christ. And second in this passage, second we find that Jesus called disciples to a dedicated life in verses 18 through 22. Now as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. In Matthew, it's interesting, he loves to use that word immediately. Going on from there, he saw the two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. Now, I, I kind of went farther than I planned to here. In this, this short little passage, up to verse 22, we see that Jesus called the disciples to himself, to himself. He called them to a dedicated life in him. He called them to himself to follow him, to, to learn from him, to have a relationship with him. They had to leave what they knew. They had to leave what provided for them and their families. They had to leave what they loved. Now, obviously, we go through the Gospels and we see that there's some back and forth. <laughs> Going back to fish. But how many of you would leave your, leave your farms, leave your work, leave what you have to go follow someone? Now, let's make this someone the Lord Jesus in our day and age, Right? Even if you could come back at different spurts, you know, like spring break and summer break, no. How many of us would do that thinking the Lord's going to provide? I think there's many who have gone into missions because they were following the Lord. But how many of us would just uproot ourselves today and leave all the chores unattended? And leave our house the way it is? Would you? These men did. Immediately, they followed him. The real question comes down to who do we trust? Who do you trust? Do you trust in your own abilities? Do you trust in your own strength? Do you trust in the Lord? Who do you love? And that's the real question we need to ask ourselves when we look at dedication. Who do we love and who do we trust? Today, who do you love? 
Do you love Jesus? Do you spend time with Him? Are you committed to your relationship with the Lord Jesus? We also see He called them for a purpose, to be fishers of men. To draw men to Jesus. But first they had to follow. Are we following the Lord? Now as you draw near to Jesus, He will make you fishers of men. As you draw near to Him, He will give you purpose. Ephesians 2.10 For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. He has called us to do good works. He has called us to follow Him. In Romans 12, 1, it says it's very similar to this. We are a living sacrifice. And it goes on to talk about all the spiritual gifts later on in that chapter in service to the Lord in the church, service to the Lord wherever He leads us, using the gifts that He's given us. Even in the midst of living in hard times, serving the Lord, being that living sacrifice. We don't go out trying to be a sacrifice. We go out following Christ. We don't go out looking for persecution. We go out following Jesus Christ. We don't go out trying to do good works to save ourselves. We go out following Jesus Christ. And he will lead us in the direction and into even the persecution or the good works that he has prepared for us in advance to do. But let's get back to this passage in Matthew. Verses 23 through 25. I read verse uh, 23. Some of his teaching, he was teaching in the synagogue, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Right? He also healed their diseases in 24. The news spread about his, the news about him spread throughout all Syria and they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering with various diseases and, and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the river. They loved his preaching, his teaching. But he also was healing them. He Every kind of disease, every kind of pain, Casting out demons. They, they flocked him from everywhere, wouldn't you? I love Matthew 11 where John the Baptist had sent some of his followers while, uh, to, to check with Jesus while he was still in prison, but he's beginning to face possible death. He wanted to confirm again that Jesus is who he said he is. That Jesus is who John thought he was. And Jesus says, look. The deaf hear, the blind see. This was also a proclamation of who Jesus was. That what he was doing was to tell people, I am the Messiah. I am the anointed one. I am the one who has come to fulfill all prophecy. In Jesus is life. In Jesus is a new kingdom. You know, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. I think we need to be reminded today that Jesus heals. In Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Come to me, He said, 
all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's healing in the arms of Jesus. There's not ultimate healing until we are with him. Sometimes he miraculously works. But there is spiritual and emotional healing in the arms of Jesus. I just want to challenge you as we look to this year that you would cling to him. Spending time with him in prayer and in the word. You know, it may be hard work and it may be extreme dedication to follow him. Yet under his arms we find healing and rest. It doesn't make it any easier, but it makes it far better. But he healed them completely. Wouldn't we like to see that today? I love the fact that, uh, and not just that he healed their diseases, but he healed them from their sins when they turned to him, and he heals us from our sins. He washes those sins away. He redeems us. He has bought us with the price of his blood to bring us into his glorious kingdom of light. He has reconciled those, he reconciles those who believe in him. That is, we're placed into a right relationship with he and the Father. No longer enemies, no longer under condemnation, so we're justified, we're declared righteous. Although we are sinners and we still may struggle with with the power of sin in our lives and our flesh, he has declared us righteous. Romans 8.1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. That in is by faith we turn to him for the forgiveness of our sins. We're saved. and We can go on and on. We're saved by the blood of Christ, as we come to turn to Him, seeking forgiveness of our sins, as we turn to Him by faith. But Jesus was there. He was calling out to them, enter into His kingdom, trust in Him, and He calls out today that we would turn to Him, turn to the Father. You know, it's interesting, Matthew 9, I think uh, we looked at this, no, we didn't, not in Luke this morning, but Matthew 9 is an interesting passage where the paralytic is led, they bring the paralytic in there and Jesus first addresses, and mainly for the teaching of the religious leaders, he forgave him of his sins. He healed him completely. And then he said, basically said, which one's harder, to forgive someone of their sins or say, get up, take your pallet and walk. And he healed him physically to prove that he gives salvation. He can heal spiritually. He can give eternal life. All who turn to Christ will be forgiven and healed. Draw near to the light of life. And there's just a lot of things that we could talk about concerning current events, current events, right? There's a lot of theories out there. 
there's a lot of wanting to know what has taken place, what's going to take place in our nation. But I want to challenge you as people of the risen Savior that you continue to cling to Jesus Christ no matter what happens. Turn to Him, trust in Him, develop an ongoing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and let God's love continue to dawn in your lives. Embrace the rising comfort of His rising love, right? I believe the more we go through difficulties, the more we can feel His presence. But it means we have to spend time understanding His Word. And I want to challenge you that you take the initiative and spend time in His Word daily. Spend time on your knees in prayer. You don't, actually, you don't have to physically be on your knees. (laughs) Are we a people of prayer? There's a lot of answers in the Word of God. A lot of things we should address. Now, how many times does it talk about do not be afraid? Awful lot, right? And we can repeat the phrase, God is good all the time. Right? Is that reinforced in Scripture? That simple phrase we can find in the pages of God's Word. There are many, many other promises. We can look at the prophecies about what's going to take place and say, Lord Jesus Christ, He is coming and we can be excited. But we also know we have a task. And so it's not just about us. It also, not only does it give us the strength to get through the day, not only does it help us to understand what we have in Him and the encouragement we can find from His Word, but it gives us initiatives that we are to go out and proclaim the same message, what we have to other people. And so I just challenge you this year that we would be bold representatives of Jesus Christ through what we do and then also as we proclaim the message of the gospel. You know, I believe that God is still calling many of you to teach, many of you to, to be evangelists, many of you to be missionaries, many of you to be preachers, but all of us to live for Him daily. And as we close, just a reminder and challenge, trust His Word. Don't misplace your trust in others. Don't misplace your trust in things that seem to be, well, for us, we may think are fleeting. Don't misplace your trust in even the blessings that you have received. Trust the Lord. Trust in His Word. Dedicate yourself to Him not the things of this world, and receive healing in His care. Don't underestimate the blessings of working hard at your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. and Maybe that should have been the main thought for today. Don't underestimate the blessings of working hard at your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to die on the cross to pay for our sins. He didn't come in vain. There had to be a penalty that was paid for the sins, for my sins, for your sins, all of our sins. And Jesus paid it in full on the cross. 
But we know that he paid for them in full because not only did he die on the cross, not only did he suffer, but he rose again on the third day. Not only did he rise again on the third day, but he ascended to the Father and he's at the right hand of the Father and he's coming again and someday we will be with him and all of the pain will be taken away. And the question for us today is do we trust him? Have we turned to him for the forgiveness of our sins? And are we clinging to Christ? Don't underestimate the great blessings that we can all have as we cling to him, as we work hard to continue our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He never walks away from us. Sadly, we take our eyes off of him, and sadly, oftentimes, we walk from him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I can continue to try to to expound upon this lesson, but I simply give it over to you and your Holy Spirit that you would guide us to receive or to accept what you're convicting us of or what you're encouraging us in, Lord. Please, Lord, just help each one of us to see what it is that you have for us today from your word and help us to be dedicated to you, knowing that there is a battle being waged, a spiritual battle for the hearts of men and women throughout the world and that you've given us an important role to play to live for you and to proclaim the truth of the gospel of your love, your mercy, and your grace. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be bold and brave in you, Lord. I ask that you bless each one and, and bless the time that we'll, we'll have together as we celebrate together uh, your wonderful grace and mercy. In Jesus' name. We have some young uh, folks come up here and take up this morning's offering.